I'm Tara Morgan. And I'm Rachel Friedman. Here at Steady State Podcast, we are really interested in backstories, the experiences on and off the water that make people the rowers, coaches, and coxswains they are today. By sharing stories about the humanity of our sport, we're disrupting the narrative about rowing culture and celebrating real-life experience from launch to cock seat at every level. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're coming back for another episode, thanks for being here. On the last episode, we explored the explosion of indoor rowing, buoyed in large part by people who've never touched an oar. John Steventon made his way into the sport by way of squash and cycling, then started to make rowing workout videos from his home in Scotland during COVID lockdown. Today, John's Row Along YouTube channel hosts hundreds of workouts that will make you sweat, laugh, and reconsider how you think about the erg. If you missed it or any of our episodes, Listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast or wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the George Pocock Rowing Foundation. What are you doing on April 6th at 7 a.m.? Join the Pacific Northwest Rowing Community for the George Pocock Rowing Foundation's 15th annual Row to the Future Breakfast in Seattle and help increase access to the life-changing sport of rowing for young people you'll leave feeling inspired and energized. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to pocockfoundation.org slash events. Steady State Podcast is sponsored in part by Concept2, making world-class rowing products since 1976. Find out more at concept2.com. And Live to Row Studios, live, online, and in-person indoor rowing classes, training camps, and coaching for everybody. Visit www.live2rowstudios.com. We believe wholeheartedly in inclusion at all levels of rowing. That's why we created the Steady State Network Changemaker Scholarship Initiative, designed to help up-and-coming leaders of programs, clubs, and small businesses to get the knowledge and skills they need. To support the development of these leaders in the rowing community, we provided scholarships to three deserving coaches to help them attend ROWCON, U.S. Rowing's annual convention held this year in Atlantic City in February. Thanks to Concept2, Rowers Dream, and the support of our Steady State patrons whose financial support helped make these scholarships possible. Our third annual class of Changemaker Scholars to attend the U.S. Rowing Annual Convention is a young, diverse group of rowers, coaches, and coxswains, all in the early years of their coaching careers. Today, we're talking with our 2023 Changemaker Scholarship recipients to find out what sort of ideas and information they picked up at the convention and what they've been able to put into practice since. Thanks so much for being with us today, Changemakers. Hello, I'm Jalen Baldwin. I'm Angelina Cook. I'm Fabi Velasquez. And you're listening to Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. Sit ready. <laughs> Welcome to Steady State Podcast. I'm Tara. You um, she, her pronouns. And I'm the co-founder of the podcast with Rachel. And it's our fourth season. And we're super excited to meet all of you. So where where is everyone? Yeah, I currently am in Arlington, um, just outside of D.C., like pretty much the first exit away. And Angelina, are you at school? Well, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I go to school at the University of Dayton. Um, I had class today. I had an exam in exercise physiology. I had rowing practice this morning. 
we tested two Ks and now I'm here. It's a busy day go. already. Yep. And Jalen, where are you? Uh, so I'm Jalen, uh, also from Cleveland, Ohio. So we always ask our guests on a scale of one to 10, how is your rowing week going? I can start. So far, we are in our second week of middle school program, and it is going, I will say, a number seven. All right. Why seven? That sounds pretty good. A lot of the middle schoolers that came, that worked with us in the fall, are now coming back again just to like get more experience. And that's like pretty welcome because they have the option to either go to like the competitive side or I can stay with the middle school side with myself and then my other coworker and that um, coach was with us. And so that was like pretty cool. Like, hey, like they want to like learn more, just the basics and don't want to race. So that's pretty cool. Angelina, what about you? I would say, so as an athlete, I would say I have 10, probably out of six. It's a really hard week. Uh, we have our first race next week. Um, as a coach, I would say 10. I'm coaching some high school juniors and it's been our first time out in the water since the weather's been getting good. And I, I'm just like so proud of them. I see them rowing all eight and it just looks, it just looks great. I'm just you so get excited. Pumps when they go all eight for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good moment for sure. Fabi, what about you? I would say we're probably around a seven right now. It's week two with the high schoolers out. It was horrible last week we only had like two days in the water because of the wind um and this week we're finally going out again today and the kids are excited not to be on ergs again so hopefully we're getting to a 10 throughout the week i like that working your way towards a 10 always <laughs> okay every time every episode we do a rapid fire to get you into the hot seat and have our guests get to know you a little bit better so we're going to order answer in this order jalen angelina fabi Port or starboard? Starboard. Starboard. Port. Bow seat, stroke seat, or coxswain seat? Bow seat. Stroke. Coxswain. Perfect. Head race or sprint race? Head race. Sprint. Head race. Unisuit or tank and trowel? Uh, tank and trowel. Uni. Uni. Favorite coxswain command to give or receive? On our river, why not? Really, really. <laughs> What's going um, on on your river that you need to say that a lot? Um, so we row on the Cuyahoga River. Um, we have a bunch of like wide turns, but we're also like a federal channel. So we get huge freighters. And oh. I think we got one of the hardest courses in the world because we have a bunch of like blonde turns. And so with middle schoolers trying to like go fast during like a blind turn, you can easily like start to lose your voice. Thanks, Lena. <laughs> uh, my favorite coxswain call to receive probably is at the end of the race when the coxswain tells us to black out and just go. Black out. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that call. Okay, Fabi. Definitely stand on it. Like you're trying to push so much that you're standing vertical. Best place to row? Uh, Lake Erie. Hmm. I would say we've rode at Oars in Orlando. That's always fun. The weather's nice. I would say the Anacostia. I know it's not a big pick, but I love it. Uh, best a little bit of coaching advice that you've received? Come out to your comfort zone. Always do your best. Talk less. 
it's hard. Like that one. hard. <laughs> That's hard. That one's hard, especially as a coxswain. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, coffee before or after a row? Uh, neither. Not a huge coffee fan. Neither. Definitely after if someone else is buying. Good. All right. So our listeners know you a little bit better. So, uh, and we know you a little bit better. So we're going to, we're going to dive in. Yeah. And one of the things that Rachel and I were talking about was how we all have these intersections of identity, right? We all come to rowing with these intersections of who we are and who we represent and how we show ourselves at the boathouse and what we represent to our teams. Cause that's a big part of it, right? So we wanted to sort of simulate a team huddle. So we're here, it's our first day of practice. We're all in a team huddle. What do you want our team to know about you and what you're bringing to the team? Okay. I'm Jalen Baldwin. I currently live in Cleveland, Ohio and I grow and coach out of the Cleveland Foundry. I've been in rowing almost seven years. I got involved when my boathouse partnered with CMSD, a public school. So I came down here to row. And for like traditional gym class, that wasn't my gym class. I learned how to row and sail for gym. Um, my pronouns is he and him. And I think for the most part, I'm the only African-American coach here in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm in my third year of coaching. So um, I mainly worked with like high schoolers, but I will say I can be very straightforward and stern. There's times where like I'm like super, super like compassionate, like, no, guys, let's just talk about it. Let's not go on the water. If we need to talk about it, water is like the last thing. The end goal is not for you to like go out and try to win a race and bring home gold. It's to go out and experience the water and have fun because at the end of it, that's what really matters. And so my main goal and mission is to make the sport diverse in all aspects of it. Boom. That was perfect. That was perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Who wants to go next? <laughs> I can go. Hi, I'm Angelina Cook. I um, use she, her pronouns, and I currently row at the University of Dayton, and I coach at Dayton Boat Club. Um, I have been involved in rowing for about three years. I was recruited at the campus rec as a freshman at six in the morning. The coach came up to me, wanted me to row, and I was there the next day, and I've just started my coaching journey last fall, and I hope to bring to rowing an intersection between all of our identities as a human being. I identify as an LGBTQ individual, and I have strong passion for sports medicine. I'm going to be a physical therapist one day, and then my experiences as an athlete. So I always bring that to the table, both when I'm rowing and when I'm coaching, both as an athlete as, and as a coach. Uh, my motto is always work hard, be kind. Um, doesn't matter um, what your position is, where you're at, how fit you are, how experienced you are. Um, if you go out there and give your best and you're kind to each other, that's how we become better athletes and better humans. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, Fabi, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So my name is Bobby Velasquez and I currently coach at Yorktown High School um, in Arlington, Virginia out of Thompson's Boathouse Center. I've been in the sport for about 10 years. I started at Mount Vernon High School in 2013 out of Fort Belvoir Marina, which is a little bit south of the Potomac compared to where I am right now. And I do relate to the freighters very much. Um, it was tough. I didn't know rowing was a flat water sport until I was in college. Um, so knowing that and knowing what it means to struggle in the sport and, and really not focus on winning at all for, for many years, being able to bring that experience to coaching now 
is very important to me. So as a novice coach, as a varsity coach, as a coxswain coach, all of those things I first put in, what is the fundamentals and how do we get really, really good at the fundamentals? So anytime I can help anyone with that, whether it's nutrition, training, coxing, just getting the stroke down, all of it is important to me and getting it from the ground up right is important to me. Bring my indigenous background into everything that I do that includes like my gender, my philosophies, the way I treat people, everything is about the greater good of everyone else. And that includes what I prioritize as a coach. And so when I'm coming in, I'm coming in saying, okay, like everything is neutral until it needs to have something put over it. And, you know, if we're having a bad row, it's no longer neutral. Now we need to put it back to neutral or back to positive. And that's kind of how I try to carry all my conversations. Everything I say to the kids, everything I say to the adults, like Everything is the same in my eyes um, until something negative happens, essentially. Yeah. And you identify, you say, as Indigenous. Do you also have any other identities that might help somebody from your team come to you and say, I feel supported? You know, as we're all exploring our identities. But Rachel and I just had this great conversation before the show about how these intersections of everyone in rowing now is so interesting. And it's really not like it was when we started rowing. I started rowing in 1986 as a 13 year old and it looks very different now and it's awesome. And I love it. And you can be so much more yourself. So when you think about that kind of um, question, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, that I think it's, it's been interesting because I have had parents and athletes like come to me and say like, you know, it, you know, parents are they them and and so you know people will say like I feel so much more comfortable having a coach who I relate to and I guess for me the only reason I don't even put that as the forefront it really comes down to how I relate to that sense of gender I don't really look at it as like this is me it's more like I'm expressing my culture in this way and trying to keep it as like level and because like on a daily basis someone messes it up and, and I can't make it um I can't make it bother me. You know, there's too much to going on for, for that to become a forefront of my identity. So I really try to let things roll off and, and just focus on just being a person first. Home buyers are flocking to Maine for mountain, lake, and ocean access, friendly neighbors, and above all, relaxation like you'll find nowhere else. If the vacation land lifestyle is one you'd like to explore, reach out to the folks at Breakwater Realty Group brokered by EXP Realty. With agents up and down the coast and inland to the mountains, they'll provide the friendly expertise needed to get you into your next home in Maine or New Hampshire. Learn more or contact the team by visiting breakwaterrealtygroup.com. Stay Safe Podcast is made possible with listener support. Become a patron today for early access to episodes, discounts on swag, and invitations to patron-only events. Find out more at steadystatenetwork.com slash Patreon. In two, we're back with our RoCon 2023 Changemaker Scholarship recipients. That's one, two. So we got to meet you because you applied for and received Changemaker Scholarships. And Rachel and I started the Changemaker Scholarship Program kind of right away. And one of the things that was really important to us was access to education, access to learning about being great coaches. And one of the things that we also love talking about is the holistic approach um, to coaching, the whole athlete approach to coaching. And it sounds like from what you've told us so far, you're all on board with that concept. Like you're looking at your kids as humans, you're looking at your rowers as multifaceted. 
because Tara and I have been involved in the sport as long as we have, it's really important for us to get the chance to learn as much as we can from as many people as possible. And getting to go to the U.S. Rowing Convention is one of those ways to increase your knowledge, gain skills, and all of that. So when you applied for the Changemaker Scholarship, what were you thinking about and what made you hit that button apply? Yeah, I will say that um, the scholarship was emailed to me by somebody at Capital um, who kind of knew the vision I had uh, as a coach and said, try it out. And for me, it's kind of like, okay, well, there's no harm in doing it, but I really didn't think I was going to be selected. I really was just hoping that at the end of the day that like, if I did get it, I would get a chance to connect with people who were like-minded. When I first saw the scholarship, I was first like questioning my identity, like, do I actually qualify for this? And I was like, I, I do, because I just recently came out. But beyond that, it was just the application itself was a great opportunity for me to reflect as a human as a, and, and as a coach and a lifelong student. And I thought that if I had been given the opportunity to go to ROCON, it would be just an incredible opportunity for me to expand my knowledge. Like Fabi said, to meet like-minded people um, learn different people's stories and just be able to improve myself to help improve my own athletes. And um, I had just like made a post on, I think, Instagram. And it was just like noticing that like a lot of people didn't know I coach, but a lot of people also didn't know what I did for a living. And so I just like made a post and I like was just explaining like how I got, how like I'm coaching and then like I want to do this long term. And like my end goal, I want to build my own boathouse. Um, so from there, it was just like a lot of people just like reaching out because they wanted to help. And one the one person in particular was Matt, I think Matt Sigorski. He like reached out and we like hopped on a phone call and he was like, hey, you should apply for this. And me naturally outside of work, I am an introvert. And so I was like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to do this yet. And so like I went back to work the next day and I'll talk to other coaches and I'll like, tell them, I was like, hey, this is the opportunity that like I can go here. I'm not sure if I want to do it or not. And it was like, Jalen, just do it. It was like one of those like deep reflections I had to do. It was like, do I really think I'm going to get this? Like, do I really think so? And part of it was just like, Jalen, you're probably not going to go. Another part was like, Jalen, this is probably a chance for you to go. Also, I like started to do more research about it because I think I'm in my third year of coaching. So I didn't really like know Rokan was a thing. So it was like another like way for me to be like, okay, this is like another learning situation. It's going to be uncomfortable. I have to come out of my comfort zone. I have to come out that shell. And if it happens, it happens. And when I found out I got it, I think I was sitting in my office and my mouth just like dropped. I was like, okay, it's time to do more research. So I did more <laughs> research and I started looking like looking at like the schedule of like classes and everything. And I was like, oh. I feel like if I go to this, I can bring back so much information for the entire organization. I am really glad that this scholarship was an opportunity for you all to reflect and ask yourself all sorts of questions. It's so important when you're a young or newer coach or newer to the sport. I went to Rocon, I think way back, I had been rowing just a few years, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I certainly wasn't as self-reflective as you all are about this. I was like, I'm going to go. <laughs> and then I walked in the door and I was like, I don't know anyone here. And that's where I think I started panicking. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> 
So, you know, Tara and I are, we're really glad to be able to help you get to Rocon. Once you got there, did you three all meet up by any chance at any point while you were there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was funny because I, I saw Jalen first, but I didn't know if it was Jalen at first. I hadn't seen a picture. I just was like, okay, on one hand, I can count how many people of color there are in this entire room. One of these has to be Jalen. And then I saw Angelina in one of the sessions because I introduced myself to somebody next to Angelina. Angelina was like, and they, we just kind of like connected. And then I figured out it was Jalen from seeing a name tag. And then we kind of linked up phone numbers, found a picture spot and went from there. It was really fun to see your uh, reports. You know, one of the things that was important from uh, from Rachel and I's perspective about sending people to these events was we want you to be our field staff, essentially. We want you to be like out there, like learning and then sharing who you're meeting and what you're learning. Do you have any like big aha moments from the convention? I would say crying with Liz Fusco in person. <laughs> Oh, Liz Fusco. Yeah, yeah, she was on our podcast a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of been like my role model in like the rowing world for a really long time. And like to see her in person and to like to hear what she was saying to a room stuffed full of coaches and like knowing that she was single handedly helping thousands of athletes by talking to this room of people. It was just so, it, it, it felt very special. And I felt like I, I, had a lot of things reaffirmed and I feel like I had a lot of new knowledge put in my tool belt and all I wanted to do was like say thank you because like even in my short career she's helped 300 athletes just like by helping me understand stuff so it was nice sharing that moment I was trying not to like get emotional but I couldn't help it and she was like like trying not to as well it was it was just really nice so and wow. Liz Fusco is U.S. Rowing's um, director of nutrition is that right yeah that's correct yeah yeah we had her on the show gosh it must have been two seasons ago. And I love the way that you just said that, that her sitting in a room with, you know, 50 coaches, each of those coaches then has, you know, 25 to hundred kids that they're affecting. And so the, the um, spider web effect of that um, is just fantastic. Anybody else have a aha moment? I would say there was two, but they both like had the same person in it, Richard Butler. He was the first African-American to become an executive director for Three Rivers. And I forgot the like exact name of the session I was in, but it was a panel setup. And I asked a question. I was just like, how do you, our main goal here at the Foundry is to transform lives through the sport of Roman Seven. I work on outreach. And when we go out to schools that we mainly target inner cities because they don't really have those access. And I came from that same program. And so I asked, it was like, how do you get inner city kids into the sport where they hear other kids or other people outside of the sport that say, oh, this is a white sport or this is an elite sport? How can like I fully like challenge that person of saying that because that's really not true? I didn't get an answer immediately from him. I just got a, his contact information and was able to talk. Um, but from there, it just it challenged me a little bit more because my end goal is uh, to have my own boathouse. But thinking like realistically, like right now, I'm only 21. And so like thinking that like long-term here at my boathouse, I can become the executive director here. Like knowing that like I'm the only African-American coach in Cleveland, I can become the first African-American executive director here at the Foundry. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is one step at a time, but I love that you already have a goal. And you said now um, that you want, you want your own boathouse, but we should clarify, you want to design and build this boathouse, right? My like major before youth development was interior design. 
Um, so when I like made the change and I was like, oh, I want to, I want to coach long-term that like interior design, like popped right back on. And so I like designed the whole thing on my computer. Wow. It's a great intersection of your skills and your interests too. Right. Yeah. Angelina. Yeah. So I had, uh, two really good sessions that I went to. One was with Lindsay Shoup. Um, she was in the women's eight in 2008 and, I was just sitting in the audience in awe, both at, at her knowledge for biomechanics. The session was called Move Well to Row Well, basically not just developing rowers, but developing humans who can move really well. And that in turn helps you become a better rower. And that that's a lot in my wheelhouse is in the exercise science world. Um, so I learned a lot of new tips and tricks on how to uh, communicate how to move and to initiate drills and different exercises for athletes. And I got a chance to meet her and she, I bought her book and she got to sign that for me. And I was just, I was just over the moon. It was just so exciting. And then the other session that I went to was on, it was Dave O'Neill's talk on team culture. And I learned a lot there because he was saying how the team culture, like the attitudes and how everyone shows up, it all stems from the head coach's attitude and the whole coaching staff for that matter. So how I show up as a coach, that affects everything, what my attitude is towards um, the athletes um, and what we are practicing every day. So that just shows like, hey, I got to be encouraging. I got to be positive. I got to be that person that they want to come and talk to if they have a question and just everything from there, those two sessions were super, super influential, and they really stuck out to me at Rocon. Yeah, Lindsay has really, I shouldn't say grown on me, but she's someone that in the last few years has really come into my consciousness. I agree with you. I went to a master's women's rowing camp last year where she was a coach, and I was just like, like mind blown about some of the ways that she breaks things down and talks about uh, rowing and movement. And one of my favorite things that Lindsay talks about, I don't know if she squeezed this into her talk then, but she talked about the stretching alphabet. It's about stretching and basically creating X's, Y's, T's, I's oh, yes. Uh, with yes. your arms and um, getting movement through the shoulders and the upper body. And I have like absorbed that into my life. It has cha- changed my pre and post workouts. So I'm glad that you got the chance to meet her at the convention. That's amazing. And, you know, the convention environment, I've been to a lot of those conventions and presented at the convention and and been there. And when it was in Seattle and Philadelphia, and it's just so much fun. And um, I know not everybody's the most outgoing, you know, it's kind of intimidating to be around all these people, but um, it's so fun to meet your heroes and then meet people that you don't even know are going to be your heroes. Like you, you're just like, whoa, that person's blowing my mind. And I'm really happy to hear that you kind of followed your bliss, you know, in a way, and just went to sessions that really spoke to you and came away with some great tools for your teams. Anybody else stand out that you got to meet? Um, I would say a lot of other boat houses that's trying to do outreach. Um, I like wore the our, our like outreach name is like Rosa Dream. Um, so I like wore that shirt and a lot of people were just like asking about the program. I found it more helpful because we both it started a conversation, but also it became like uh like feeding off each other because some of them are like trying to start up a outreach program and 
I oversee the rowing part of the outreach, but I've only like, I'm fairly like young into it. And so like hearing it from someone else that's been rowing from years, I'm like, hey, have you tried it this way? It's like, oh, I haven't tried it this way. And like letting them know like, hey, if you're going out and like trying to get kids into like the sport, don't like throw them straight into like a shell. Just do a, a coach's launch. Just give them a boat ride to get comfortable to the water. So like getting different tips and like giving different tips was huge. I'm glad that you mentioned Rosale Dream because you said in an email to us that there's a fundraiser going on right now for that organization. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So for our like home team, we're at Cleveland Foundry Juniors and uh, there's a small group of our varsity kids. They are doing a fundraiser to potentially get a new shell. They particularly want a double. Um, so we've been trying to raise money to get them that, but also the Rosa Dream program, we have state funding that helped the foundry like build this entire outreach program. So it was pretty cool because the same program that I am not coaching, I went through that same program. So we target the inner city community and we try to like go out to different gym classes. We bring herbs or we try to get them down for field trips. And if they're like at the end of the day, if they're interested through that grant, it can be free at no cost. So they can join a team, um, they can travel, they can get gear out of it. Just if they're interested in it, we have the funding for it. Wow. So is there a, a fundraising page on the Cleveland Foundry website or someplace that our listeners can click into and support? Um, if you go to our website, clevelandfoundry.org, uh, it's either under our rowing tab or it should just be like on the first page. Listen to more episodes about everything from indoor rowing to rowing across oceans. Search the podcast archive at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast hyphen topics or listen on your favorite podcast app. Follow Steady State Network on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network and join our email list at steadystatenetwork.com. So we, you got the chance to sit in on sessions, meet some people, be really invigorated by new ideas, and you've walked away and gone back to your home clubs with these ideas and hopefully some excitement moving into 2023. What are you looking forward to putting into place and putting into practice this season? A big emphasis on positive coaching. I think it's one thing to say that you really believe it. It's another thing to do it every single day. And I think it's interesting reflecting it. It really hit me with hearing Almaro talk about specifically, like a lot of coaches touched on it, but Almaro specifically from uh, Canada Rowing really hit on some things that I genuinely just didn't realize or that I didn't realize could be changed so easily in terms of our language usage and like how we emphasize certain focuses during a, like during a practice. And even right now, I'm really like, it's really hard with novices, but it's, but it's also not hard if you just practice over and over again, which is just like not centering on a kid for a negative thing, but centering on them for a positive thing. And, and, and like, I've always used the power of yes, but like doing it more, like just everything can just be done more. And like, I'm already seeing like we've only had four days in the water and the kids are like stressed out. Cause like, we're not going to be ready for our race coach. What are we going to do? I'm like, we're good. Like having the confidence to tell them like, we're going to be okay. You just need to like breathe a little bit and let us get through it day by day and, and keeping it positive, keeping it light, even when it's very 
stressful in our certain boat center where a lot of people swearing, a lot of yelling, everything, and trying to get the kids to be like, we have control over this. Like we have control over what we say and what we do and what we're, what we're here for. Um, that's really, really been helping. Yeah. I like that looking for the successes. Cause it can be, it can be easy as a coach and someone who's been involved with the sport long enough when you know what it should look like and what it should feel like. And it's not quite there. And you're like, you know, but you got to reel yourself in, but say, listen, these 17 other things are going great today. I personally, and somebody can tell me if this is not the right way to coach, but I personally like compliment sandwiches. There's a two positives with a little bit of a, like a, but we have to work on in the middle, but teaching and moving towards the positive and leaning towards the successes at all times. I think that's fantastic. Angelina, anything that you took away that you've been able to put into practice? I know you're in school and you're just starting your coaching, but anything that you're like, Ooh, I'm going to add this into my coaching uh, bag of tricks. Yeah. So I left Rokan feeling like super empowered, but also overwhelmed at the same time with the amount of information that I learned. And I'm, I'm such a nerd. So this is, this is my thing. This is what I love to do. And I think it boiled down to the training plan. And then like Fabi was saying, the positive coaching, I can make the world's best training plan with all the movements, intensities, duration, all that. But if I can't implement that in a way that the athletes want to show up and they want to show up for each other and want to get better and they see themselves improving. And then also when we make corrections or try to focus on a certain aspect to improve the stroke, making sure that they're, they feel like it's okay to make a mistake and not feel like they're going to get punished for it. That's something that I've learned from a Dayton boat club, uh, head coach, Joe, he, he creates an environment where the girls are not afraid to make mistakes and it just provides a better learning environment. So instead of, instead of saying like, oh, you did this wrong, you need to fix this now, or we're going to be out here for an extra hour or something. Here, here's what we see. Here's how you can improve that. Let's try that. And then when we see the improvement, we're like, there it is. Great job. And then they feel like they can, they can go on and we're all just creating a great environment and improving as rowers and as humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love closing the loop when you're a coach, like you can yes. be like, you know, let's work on the, let's work on the catch. Like, no, 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 almost. Okay. Yes. There it is. Like, and Rachel's always talked about, she loves that as a coxswain call. There it is. There you know, it is. That's there my is. favorite coxswain call. <laughs> and I learned, I was a, I've been a learn to row coach my whole career of learn to row masters and coaching adult beginners is like, oof, that's some fragile that's some fragile awesomeness right there. You know, they're full, fully formed adults, but they're so motivated. But just like anybody, they need to have that loop closed. Jalen, anything from you this going into 2023? Other than you sound super pumped. You got your boathouse designed. You're like ready to go. I'll have to go with Angelina. I like left and I was like super overwhelmed with like, I want to start. I don't want to go do this, this, this and that. But when I got home, I was like, Jalen, calm down. So let's make baby steps and in going into it because I don't, A, I don't want to overwhelm myself with all of it, but B, I don't want to overwhelm the kids with it. Just because most of the kids that was with us in the fall was like a guarantee that they're going to come back. And so I didn't want to like change a whole bunch of like things after like coming back from this, just do like baby steps with it. But I think one of the huge takeaways that, um, that still stick is, I think I sat in on Ramona Cox uh, she talked on the mental health aspect of it and how as coaches, you need to like see um, and be more intentional with it, especially 
coming into it from like an outreach standpoint, I do outreach, but also during the afternoon, I coach. And so like trying to make the team like more, be more intentional and more welcoming to like anybody from the sport, uh, especially like bringing in kids from like the inner city or students that have never done a sport before. And especially if they don't see themselves in the sport, just trying to like be there like, hey, this is like new, it's comfortable, but like I'm here, the rest of the coaches are here to help you. And so I think one of the huge ones that I've started to do is when I have kids that come down for just like shadowing a practice or just like trying to test it out, I'll hop on an erg with them and erg with them or just like try to like build that relationship with them. So if something was to happen or I start to notice something, I don't have to be like, uh, I should probably reach out to the parent. They're welcome to come up to me and ask me questions. And I'm welcome to like come up to them and ask them questions like, hey, something's off today. Do you want to talk about it? Or just like making it welcome. Because we are, um, our ball house is a community center and we're like right downtown. So making it welcome for anybody to come in and try our tank house or try to go out on the water, just be more intentional. That was like the huge takeaway from it. One thing that Tara and I have heard a lot from a lot of coaches, either your age or a little bit older, is something that's really exciting to us, which is you're all interested in how your athletes are doing as human beings, right? When you walk in the boathouse door, anything could have happened that day before your athletes cross that threshold into the boathouse. And we can't assume that everybody came from a really great household and had three squares that day. Like I used to coach an inner city program. Kids didn't even have the clothes to wear to come to practice, you know, like that didn't even dawn on me until like three months in. I'm like, why are these kids wearing their school uniforms? Cause they didn't have the clothes that they should have been wearing to practice like that we would say should have been wearing to practice well plus they're teenagers you know and they're having like breakups you know and they're having um you know tests and class and eight hours of school and then you expect them to come and be like a fully gritty athlete I would be toast if I had some of those junior schedules I would be toast that's a long day and they have a lot of things going on Yeah. yeah so making yourselves available um as as a, as a friend and a mentor and someone that cares about your athletes is so important. And um, I think what I started to say was, I think when Tara and I started rowing, this was really not a part of the philosophy as coaches. Like I, and I rowed for a very long time before any coach really cared about me, honestly. Like you showed up at practice, you left practice, you maybe got boated in a boat you wanted to be in, you maybe got boated for a race, but very rarely have coaches talked to me as a fully formed human being. And I just love that you three are these wonderful examples of really the next generation of rowing coaches who care about all of this stuff. Well, you've all figured out that it makes faster boats, Yeah. not beating people into submission and a one-way coaching style, you know, which is what I grew up with. You know what makes fast boats because you've experienced it yourself in a gelled cohesive team and a team that trusts each other and a team that believes and, and pushing that agenda forward, I think is, it's going to just change the game for sure. All right. So Tara, we had a couple of last questions to kind of wrap things up. Do you want to ask the TED talk question? Yeah. So if you had to give a TED talk on rowing, what would it be? Um, Mom's would be a message to your younger self. We'll say that again. A message to your younger self. Okay. Is it just like anything to do with rowing essentially? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would probably 
center around how rowing actually encourages not just like tolerance, but helps people understand what like mutual solidarity looks like in like real life. And like, what does it mean to like operate as like an organism? Um, and essentially like the biomechanical like relationship between rowing and like society. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Mutual solidarity. Oh, solidarity. solidarity. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to give a t- TED talk on rowing, I'd probably get super technical and get into the research and do a TED talk on the effects of plyometric training and rowing performance. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Also important. Awesome. <laughs> also <Yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. One thing I wanted to circle back, Jalen, you at the very beginning um, said kind of in one of your ways of introducing yourself, you said, here's why I think everybody should row. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's something I call an elevator pitch. So to Angelina and and, um, Fabi, if you're in, um, you know, the line at Starbucks and someone says, oh, hey, you row, I've always thought about rowing. Why should I do it? Or, you know, you're doing an outreach event. What's your two sentence pitch on why someone should get into rowing or it could be coxing too. Rarely are you ever going to be as connected to the water as you will when you row. I would say you should row because it is a huge connection with yourself, with your community. And it's a great way to what I call like push the limits of the human capacity. See, see what, see what you can do with your, with your body, see how, how you can work with other people. Just out of curiosity, because this has got me thinking about um, Angelina, when you said it was like, you know, day one, basically on campus and someone was like, hey, you should row, you're tall, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm what, only 5'7", like, so. Okay, so, okay, so here's my question for you. What pitch was made to you that day that you're like, I'm, I'm there, I'm there the next morning? Um, so basically I've been an athlete my whole life. I played basketball, softball, anything sports related, I was doing it. And I graduated high school in the middle of COVID. So um, I ended my time being a basketball player. And actually, it was January of 2021. It was my second semester being a freshman on campus. And I was working out at six in the morning at the rec, just trying to do something active because I wasn't actively involved in the team. And it was the team aspect that got me um, just being part of something bigger within athletics. Um, It wasn't just me that I was showing up at the gym for. It was, it was my teammates. It was my coaches. It was my coxswains. Uh, As soon as the coach came up to me and asked me to be on the team, I, I was literally there 6 a.m. the next day and it's been history ever since. I know the one I always said in high school, um, our skyline is much better on the water versus like on land because you're so limited on land on how much you can take in. Versus like you take out a rowing shell on Lake Erie at like five in like July, that skyline is, is going to change your aspect on life. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I love yeah. that idea of, of seeing, seeing the city from a new perspective. Um, that was yeah. a big one for me here in Washington, DC. You know, you really just, all you have to do is drive a couple miles and shove off a dock and you are away. You're away from it all. Yeah, it's such a different perspective. I used to ask my learn to row students that how many people have actually been on this lake in a boat. And then when I coach coaches, I teach them like all the safety stuff. Like, do you know where the the out points are? Like, do you even know where you are from the water side of things? Like, how do you orient yourself? Yeah, I love that the perspective shift. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to meet all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with the season, guys. All right. Talk Bye. to you soon. To see photos of Jalen, Angelina, and Fabi, and get links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website. Rachel, I think some musters might not know Steady State is more than a podcast. So much more, Tara. We get together live on Instagram for coffee chat every Friday morning at 8 a.m. West, 11 East. We talk about rowing, racing, and technique, and deep dive into things like inclusion and leadership. And because sometimes we all need buddies to help get us through long workouts on the ERG, we lead 60-minute virtual workouts one Sunday morning each month. Sign up for our next workout at steadystatenetwork.com slash Sunday. This episode was written, produced, hosted, and edited by me, Tara Morgan. And me, Rachel Friedman. Tara provides additional audio engineering and is our sponsor coordinator. And Rachel manages our website and social media. Our theme music is by Jonas Hipper. Between us, we have nearly 40 years of rowing, coaching, and coxing experience, and we run successful rowing-related enterprises. Tara is the founder of Seize the Oar Foundation, which champions inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. And Rachel is the founder of RowSource, designing unique rowing gear for individuals, clubs, and events. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Steady State Network, Seize the Oar, and RowSource. Coming up on the next episode, we talk with San Diego Crew Classic directors Bobby Smith and Megan Calmo, plus Beachmaster Lex Switzer, to find out more about this spring tradition and help them celebrate the regatta's 50th anniversary. Catch new episodes of Steady State Podcast every two weeks, anywhere you get podcasts. That's all for today. In two, way enough. That's one, two. Become a patron today for early access to episodes, discounts on swag, and initiate. <laughs> Steady State Podcast is made possible with listener support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, I haven't had one of these in a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're just delirious now. <laughs> okay. You got it. Ooh. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Tara, Steady State Podcast. <laughs> Steady State Podcast is made possible. Steady State Podcast. I can't do it. <laughs> okay, mute. You're getting muted. Oh, my God. <laughs>